Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service on top of that. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePetro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website petro.com it is monday it's actually a rainy monday which is actually uh also not a bad thing it's august 22nd folks we are back on the air uh a couple days last week kind of get oriented a little bit had our uh, incident it was certainly in the news um had to do with the charlotte lester case um i'm gonna we're gonna move on from things i will just tell you folks just to recap this is someone that went missing may 16th it is a missing persons case um it remains a missing persons case i have said throughout no one has been charged so anyone even saying that i said that someone was somehow commit you know guilty of a crime or that someone's all false it's always just been that it's a missing persons case now obviously in something like this there were three different searches and the police arrived at one residence the place that she was was headed which was the address on Staples Avenue. Now, the police showed up there on May 21st, Saturday, with search warrants, yellow tape. The entire property house was a crime scene. Uh, They removed the septic tank. And on top of that, they were then there for a full month, four weeks, May 21st to Saturday, June 18th is when the tape came out and just so people understand the owner of that home the man in the orange ski mask who attacked myself and ladybug he has not been at the house that's the first time we've ever seen him um coverage of the case admittedly has has died down uh certainly during the month of of july and into august simply because there was no new information there and the police haven't come out with anything again the searchers were in um done in may and then in june two land searches then even a water search but the story has kind of you know died down um i don't want to say going away because it's still an active investigation in case for for the uh, warwick police but it is certainly nothing that we have paid a lot of attention to the whole reason i was there last week was because it was the three-month anniversary august 16th so just at the three month mark that had been three months uh, a lot of times with that uh, that's when you go out if you're going to do an update it's around the anniversary or if there's new information and um and the video speaks for itself i think um the the attorney for the man in the orange ski mask uh would they put out a statement that would not even mention her name charlotte lester so um there they weren't there for a month i don't believe i I don't think they were wasting time there that is not the norm those of you that have followed the case we had on you know police and even legal people saying that it was unprecedented amount of time to just sit and that was with a 24 hour 24 7 seven days a week 24 hours a day in the beginning first two weeks there were two police officers there work police uh, standing guard and then it became um 
just one for the duration. So that is unusual. Uh, I think it speaks volumes. I have followed the case, been in touch with the family. There were other people kind of in her orbit, so to speak. But by all accounts, everything seemed to lead back to where was she headed that night? She was headed to that house. It is my understanding it was a relatively new relationship. I know that there was a, I was told from a very good source, there was a flurry of calls between the two individuals uh, right around that time, time frame of, of uh, 10 o'clock when she was last seen and then headed up there. Uh, I also want to, we, when we did go on Wednesday night, myself and uh, Ladybug the Psychic, we were across the street. We had no idea if the individual was home or not. Um, we were going to probably do an update for 10 to 15 minutes and then be off on our way. Um, he emerged out of the house very quickly, had a plan, had the uh, CD player uh, ready to go with his uh, orange ski mask. I didn't see a lot of people. It's one thing people are wearing a COVID mask. I haven't seen a lot of ski masks, actually none. So, no, that was that was planned. Uh, that we were across the street and if if that individual had not come out we would have done our report for probably 10 to 15 minutes and got in a car and drove away weren't making any noise weren't bothering anyone um, that is also as I said that's the first time I've actually seen the person in person um, up close like that I'd never seen him before he had not been in the house house was vacant it was brand new this week that he was back in the house so uh touch on that Juan feels good folks it is big that early voting starts wednesday we're going to talk a lot about the elections also providence journal with a with a bombshell as the media has been trying to tell you that one of the people running for governor is a democrat named dr lois Monez. it turns out his his name is he's not even a doctor that is i think that's his name uh but he's not even a doctor Yet he's been identified the whole time as this Dr. Louis Daniel Monez, and he calls himself one, uh, but he actually is not. All right, it's Monday. We have a lot ahead. It's the John DePietro Show. And also, we're going to do our segment, Politics This Week, with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he is the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. Well, I want to give them credit. Uh, the Providence Journal, I, I've often wondered this whole business that this he was described, introduced, uh, pamphlets. Anytime he was described in the media, it was this Dr. Lewis Monez. And he ran for governor 2018, got 1% of the vote. This time decides to run as a Democrat. He has been included in forums and most recently a radio debate where he kept being introduced to refer to as Dr. Dr. Monez. Um, I give credit. They're, they're not making a big deal of it, but the fact of the matter is he's He's actually not a doctor. Uh, he does not have a license to practice medicine. He went to school. He went to med school. Um, not sure exactly what was the culmination of that, but I'm just curious your thoughts that 
here we are this far into the campaign and finally now as we are two days away from early voting it is discovered that he is not in fact and should never be addressed as dr lewis Monez. well it's an interesting uh, question i mean the 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 honorific of doctor has been been somewhat diminished, particularly among, say, Democrats in the left wing. I mean, Dr. Jill Biden, right? She has a PhD, I think, and that's why they call her doctor. I mean, there's True. a lot of there's a lot of that that goes on. My understanding is he started his residency and decided he just didn't want to go through all of the uh, all of the trouble of of doing residency and gaining his certification, his his official um, designation practicing doctor. Uh, but it is it is interesting that it takes so much time. I remember um, not long ago, uh, of course, I'm blanking on his name. There was a, a local doctor, not practicing doctor, let his license lapse, who was arguing against the uh, against the COVID uh, vaccinations and all the hysteria. And there's a lot of challenge of whether he was really a doctor. So I guess it whether you're called doctor, it really is. I mean, they call him honorifics for a reason. Because they're just, you know, if you want to elevate somebody, you, you call them doctor. What struck me, though, about the, the Providence Journal of article is, it, other than, I mean, it kind of gave that information, but it wasn't in a skeptical way. It was in a no. very, very kind of friendly, oh, yes, he's, you know, you know doctor, doctor, whatever. He, he's, a, he's a strong-hearted guy, wants to do good, came up from nothing. Um, it just, his treatment, even the headline, he's used to being an underdog. Well, you know, 1% of the vote... I'm not sure that even counts as underdog, right? right. I mean, un- underdog has a chance. Uh, so it's just the, the the kind of the glowing profile. And it occurred to me, it's very much in keeping with a lot of what we've been talking about, yes. how, how our system cannot generate competent people. Because if you're competent, you've done work, you've actually done something in the world, you could, run, you could plausibly run a state government, you'll be teared, torn apart. So you really have to want to do it, uh, especially if you're a conservative in Rhode Island. And you really have to want to be in there and do some good because you, it's going to be a hit to your reputation. Whereas he gets these glowing profiles, whatever, Dr. Yonas, yeah, whatever. Um, that is really a lot of incentive for people along those lines. I think also, say, David Siegel, Regenberg, basically Tierra Mac, all the progressives, they get glowing reviews. They can do no wrong. And so that alone is reason to run, right? It's incentive for people like that to be running for office because they'll get some attention. Uh, whereas people who, who've maybe done some stuff and, and actually engaged in the world and, and had some success, not so much. They're, they're kind of, their incentive is all to stay out of it. Well, and not only that, Justin, um, they want him to be a doctor. If, if this let's let's say if Ashley Kalis, the Republican nominee, if she was used in the term doctor. Oh, my God. I mean, the outrage and the fact they'd be digging into this. And I'm sure they would have checked on that much more. Uh, I view it as, you know, they, they he basically got a free pass anytime he's been identified as Dr. Louis Monez, um, it, it It was fraudulent. He's he's not. And, and even at different times, they've even, you know, kind of um, deferred to him as if he would almost be like the expert in the medical field. Um, he does not have a license to practice medicine. Even then it was you're right. It was soft pedal saying, well, but it's kind of complicated. It, it's the first time we've heard that. I don't know exactly what he does do something about blockchain for super crying out loud. But he certainly is not a doctor. Shouldn't be identified as doctor um i i think he's another creation that they wanted him to be this guy from central falls who happens to be a doctor and look at this look how amazing he is he's also running for governor he's he's actually you know he's not and i don't think that title um it should be applied in that situation i'd be curious of going forward if it would be because technically um he, he does, does not have that. I'm also uh, curious your thoughts that we learned over the weekend that Governor McKee in his office announced that he has COVID. Now, I, I'm always skeptical of, about something like this, especially he finally pulled ahead in, in the latest poll. He's got quite a bit of money. Um, I, I Just what do, what do you make of the governor? So now he's going to be, you know, out of sight, off the campaign trail for you know, at least possibly this week. 
But what do you make of the pronouncement that Governor McKee uh, has COVID? Well, that's an interesting. I I hadn't considered that that it could just be an excuse not to be doing any well, press. Well, Gina Raimondo is in today, and yeah, that would be awkward on why you know they're not in the best terms. So why would he not be going to East Providence? Maybe to avoid them having to ask. Uh, you know, so are you supporting him and? in the primary uh i just as soon as i saw he announced it i immediately thought all right there's bad news coming he wants to lay low maybe it's not bad news but he definitely doesn't want to be caught where then he has to go and be seen you know with her and then her getting questions about him that that was my reaction to it so why not just uh mm-hmm. you know many people it's become the new you know my uh, my car won't start or you know my dog died or my grandmother died. I mean, for some people, I have COVID has become the new go-to excuse to get out of any type of event, really, because you just say you did a test at home. You got to be careful, and it buys you a couple of days to just stay out of sight. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I, I remember when I was a teenager, and, and if the girls we were hanging out with didn't want to go to work, they'd call in and tell their boss they had female issues. It's something like that, right? It's, sure. And COVID's gotten like that. It's yes. gotten to be essentially a cold. So nobody, it's no longer the big panic. Oh my goodness, are you okay? Uh, unless you're as frail as, say, President Biden. But um, so yeah, it's, it is a it is a good excuse. Uh, I mean, just uh, you know the that that's where my mind goes. Is this? It's just become this mild thing and yet we're still kind of treating it like like the plagueish there are still people walking around with masks there's still colleges and universities are still requiring booster shots it just the the whole thing it brings you brings it back to that for me but the that that actually is very much in keeping with the idea that it could just become the the latest excuse i don't want to go to the party i have covid you know or wh- whatever it might be because um, it doesn't have the stigma it doesn't have the fear that it did which which is a good thing i guess we should be positive about that but it does remind us how much damage we did especially to younger folks uh for for the sake of that virus it could be an excuse to get out of a debate as well with yeah true good point if you don't want to debate let's stay with dr Moniz. well now i'm saying it uh lewis Moniz for a moment <laughs> Uh, just to guess, what is your reaction and thought on Channel 12 has announced they're excluding him from the debate? They set a threshold. You have to have a certain percentage in both fundraising and polling at a certain percentage. Well, you know, that to me is reasonable. You've, you've got to do the work to be to gain place on a stage. I mean, ultimately, the, the news media is supposed to be serving the public. Right. So they're they're supposed to be crafting these things in such a way as to to inform uh, people as the vote nears. And if you've got somebody who's, who kind of, they managed to get on the ballot is basically all they've done, then, you know, they, they could very much be a distraction and not, and, and thwart the idea of providing information about the candidates who actually can, uh, could become governor, governor, yes. governor, sorry. But it would, what, what strikes me most of all with that is the complete lack of, of debates, polls, etc. of anybody who's Republican. Um, the WPRI had a debate of the lieutenant governor primary. Well, they're, they're on the Democrat side. Well, there are Republicans, two more than, there are two Republicans, I believe, in a lieutenant governor race on, a Repub- on that side. Why not a debate there? So it's, it just seems kind of the part of that progressive privilege. I deserve to be on the stage. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a re- reasonable to have a threshold. Where you set that threshold, I, you know, I, I think having more than, you know, more, more than, more than one percent. Uh, if your, if your vote total is, well, that poll is five percent margin for error. If your, if your polling is is less than one fifth of the margin of error, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, you, you haven't earned stage space. At the end of the day, there was a radio debate last week. Monez was included. He talked the most of anyone. And the problem, I agree with you. Is someone like Governor McKee was more than content to sit back and let this guy interrupt, talk a lot. And basically, that's just he's running out the clock is what he's doing. I think it's a good thing. Channel 10 should not allow him there. Uh, some of them, whether it's someone like that who ran four years ago, should not be running for governor this time. I mean, again, it's a free country. You can do whatever he wants. But they think in their mind, I think that they, they're going to have this incredible performance that then catapults them to the lead. 
So they go in with like a, a lottery ticket approach. Um, there were some of the independent people that they want the rules bent. Uh, I'm an independent. We don't have any money. We don't have any staff. So therefore, everyone has to cater to us. That's that's just not the way the system works. Uh, there are new people to the system and they cater to it. Come on. We have an established form that we do it. You get your name out there. You come up with some issues. And then if what you're doing garners support outside of family and friends, then, you know, then more people will gravitate towards you. But I, I think it's a good thing. I think Channel 10 should exclude him, not include him. And it was a mistake to have him. It was a waste to have him in the radio debate where, he, like I said, he kept interrupting, let alone they kept referring to him as, all right, doctor, hold on. <laughs> kept referring to him a title he doesn't even, frankly, have. Um, I, I think it's a good thing. And I don't have a problem with, with the, the general debates if they decide we're not just going to fill the stage with anyone that managed to somehow get their name on the ballot. There's, there's more to it than that. There's too much at stake. And, and for me, Governor McKee was more than happy to have this guy involved because every time yeah, he's uh, talking, right, someone else isn't talking and McKee doesn't have to talk. Right, exactly. Especially to the extent they're not going after each other. I mean, like Cynthia Mendez in the lieutenant governor debate was, was actually pretty aggressive against the others, yeah, which you, you don't want them there. But if it's going to be a, a, a relatively friendly guy who's just going to talk a lot, yeah, go for it. Let him on the stage. But I think, you know, that, that whole impetus, uh, impulse to, to let all, everybody in and always talk and, hey, we don't have a lot of money. We need the free publicity. You, you know, <laughs> let's remember that, especially in that race, we're talking about somebody who's going to have to be able to the chief executive of a state of a million people. I mean, this isn't, if you can't garner a little bit of support, five, 10%, you know, if you can't raise some money, I mean, those things show a organizational understanding. Yes. And if you don't know how to do that, that's a, that's a sign that you you shouldn't be running the state. Right. And that's a, it's also a sign that the news media and everybody else shouldn't be putting out, you know, laying the path for you to, to, fulfill the whole thing as you, you know, get your ego fulfilling articles and of state's papers and stuff like that. I mean, that's, we, we really, I think, need to bring it back to that as a, as a state, this idea that the people we have in office should be able to run things. That's why they're there. I mean, we yes. don't, and I think that gets lost a lot. It's sort of like the, the biggest example for me in Rhode Island are, the, are school committees, because I think most people think they're uh, parent-teacher organizations, but they're not. They're running a tens of millions of dollars of a budget and negotiating yeah. contracts with the largest special interest in the state. This is not just the nice lady down the street because she likes kids. I mean, this is this is serious business and it goes right up to the governor. And we've had problems with this all along. I mean, we, we've been talking since before Alorza was was elected as mayor of Providence. Who is he? Where, where does he get this competence from? I mean, yeah. what, is, what, is, what has he ever done that shows he could run a state? At least he ran a, a, a reasonable campaign, right? And he won. So that's something. But for, for candidates who, who can't even garner a little bit of support, as you say, outside their friends and family, yeah, that's a sign. Yeah, sorry, we're, we're, what, early voting starts in a few days. Maybe it's time to winnow it down so that people can actually pay attention to the people who, who they, they may actually choose. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations 
Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor at AnchorRising.com. Well, Justin, Channel 12 did come out with a poll uh, for the first time, I believe. Well, it's still very, very close. No one at 30%. Governor McKee, though, in the lead. Nelly Gobea, right behind him. Curious your thoughts on Helena folks spent an awful lot of money, but was completely cannot reach the 20% threshold. Uh, stuck at like 14%. Matt Brown, way still way, way down, single digits. And then Luis Mones at 1%. But just what do you make of uh, your thoughts on that Channel 12 poll? Well, well actually, folks, um, compared to the WPRI poll in May, folks was up from 6% then. So she was actually trailing Brown at that point. Now, so she's at least in double digits. So it's some motion. But apart from that, you know, what, what strikes me most of all is how little things are moving. I mean, McKee's up from 25 to 28. Corbea is up to 25 from 22. I mean, there's not a lot of motion here. A lot, not a lot of people being persuaded. And I think people are just, I mean, Ted Nisi called it in his re- recent column, uh, indifferent. Other people are saying people are, uh, some, of the, some of the excuses the supposed expert analysts are making are, are pretty pathetic. Oh, everybody's in a good mood. COVID's over. They're enjoying their summer. Yeah, I'm not sure that's it. I think people just don't, they're not seeing anything that impresses them. None of, none of the, and we see this in the, the media coverage and the debates. There's not a lot of difference distance between the, the candidates as a as a function of of policy. They're all kind of milk toast. They're not none of them inspire much confidence. Uh, and none of them are taking any any kind of risks that might show some some leadership. And so, you know, what's the point? You know, they I, I take it as a sign that Rhode Islanders, they we're just not getting options. So who cares which of these Three. I mean, apart from Mount Brown, who'd, do a, who'd probably do a whole lot of damage as governor. Apart from him, who cares? You know, I mean, it's all we're probably going to get the same kind of level of corruption. I mean, we've got Gorbea, you know, using the, the misclean secretary of state using uh, sneaky tactics to, to tell activists how to spend money on her campaign. You know that there's no reason to, to become to be excited about any of these. And so they're not moving. And my, my second impression was, so McKee went up from 25 to 28 after tens of scores, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars of promises to special interests. And he yeah. got himself another 3%. I mean, that tells you something right there. And I mean, if you look at the, the, the demographic breakdowns, it looks to me like he did just, he bought himself a bunch of uh, construction worker union votes. Yeah, and that's, that's about all he's done. Um, so it's, but it's, it, that's a lot of money to spend for a three percent increase in your in your vote total. Ian, all you know, he doesn't. Uh, Governor McKee does not do any press conferences. All he does is he will sometimes, you know, he'll chat really quickly with the media, following ribbon cutting, announcement of this or that, giving out more funds. Um, everything he does, he does it under the guise of, of he believes it'll be positive press because they're going to some kind of an announcement. That is debatable sometimes whether or not that whole momentum tour, uh, but it is the first time that he's seen the lead, and it should be very telling. And I'm glad you noticed that because what's missing from all these announcements when they're saying, and he got this endorsement, he got that endorsement, what people need to understand is these are not coming for free. The question is, what's the IOU attached to it? And the fact that the laborers have come in big and they're ready to spend a lot of money on him. There's obviously something in the pipeline. If I can win this, win the general, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. It becomes a wish list. Uh, The person in power seemingly is more the ability to make those promises. And and or we could say that Grobeyan folks are are not willing to to get on that path. But I I have a feeling that he's kind of stealing the thunder saying, like, I'll make a deal right now. I could do something right now while I am in office and have the office. It's going to be very, very expensive for us um, if, in fact, he, he does win the primary. Justin Katz, what do you make of uh, Grobean folks? I mean, now there's starting to be an argument. Pablo Rodriguez came out and said that folks, you know, needs to leave the race. It needs to just be one woman uh, matched up against McKee. Now, there's there is a path for all three of them, simply because when you have 20% undecided. The undecideds 
traditionally and generally always break for the newcomer. The question is if the newcomer would be Helena folks or the newcomer would be Nelly Gorbea. But um, and, and the two of them definitely seem to think that if they could hurt the other, uh, that that would benefit them. So there's something to it that they both eye each other as if I could knock her down, you know, that I could gain. But I'm I'm still shocked that we have not seen all these negative ads against Governor McKee because he certainly has given those that want to enough material to go after him. Right. I, you know, I, I think the analysis of the left wingers, I think they're blinded by their, their identity politics. I'm not so sure uh, folks is taking the women who, who are voting or aligning for folks are women who want to vote for Gorbea. I think she may have those. I mean, if you look at McKee actually does has more female votes than folks does. Um, although folks has more female than male, but I, my sense, just looking at the breakdowns, I think we'd find that a lot of the women who are choosing folks over Gorbea are, are more and probably more business oriented, more, you know, maybe a little bit more conservative, probably somewhat older. Uh, and that's, that's McKee voters, not, not Gorbea voters. So I, I suspect they would find if folks bumped out that it would be a net gain for McKee. I think she's she's holding him down a bit from at least from breaking the 30 percent mark. So I'm not so sure that just because they're both women, she's stealing a vote. And that's in contrast, I think, in, in Congressional District 2, where the, the Joy Fox and Morgenthau, I think that is just splitting women votes. Uh, yeah. Um, Although neither of, them, neither of them has very much anyway, and it wouldn't make any difference. But um, I think that's a situation where it is just about the gender. Whereas in this case, I think that the the candidates are well enough, folks, Gorbea, McKee, they're well enough to find and, and at least well enough known that the 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 female vote is not simply going based on gender. So I just think that's that's not a, a an accurate assessment. But it shows you how how out there the left wingers are and how how much they really do believe uh, this this sort of hocus pocus of identity politics. And Justin, not only that, I want to come back to it again, folks. Our segment is politics this week with Justin Gets. I, I think you actually framed it perfectly. It is what they don't even fully get is that they're they're all basically saying the same thing it's just like a little bit different but it's really not that much different compared with there's no one coming out with programs at least not aggressively and not yet but ashley kalis does stand the best hope of being the one to step up and really come up with some things that that would be different that is different from what what they're promising what they're saying uh, even in Gorbea, one of her commercials, I'll have to go back and look at it, but she mentions she protected, protected Rhode Island from Trump voters. Like, what is that even supposed to mean? Um, he didn't, are, are they intimating that if not for her, that he would have won Rhode Island? It's just, the, I think it's, it's what we've talked about is it's all kind of pretty much from the same script. So now, if everyone's basically the same, now you just you know, looking at who you're more comfortable with, maybe what name jumps out. I think the person that it, it has obviously hurt the most is Helena folks, simply because she has the least name recognition. She doesn't hold office. Um, she has come out with a message that it's like just a little bit of a different version and they won't criticize, you know, they won't criticize the $3,000 bonuses I'm shocked that none of the Democrats are bringing out the fact that Governor McKee is still under an FBI probe, the problems he had with his chief of staff, Tony Silva, uh, the way that he flip-flops on things, all the promises. I, um, I, I think the, the other candidates have no one to blame but themselves because of kind of pretty poor, you know, part of a campaign is you have to contrast what, what, how you're different from the other person. And the real truth is it doesn't seem to be that much difference than, than the other. Right. Person. Right. And, and you raise a great point. What, at this point, especially McKee has already bought 
those special interest votes. Yeah. He's already bought them with our money. Yeah. So, so go, you know, speak against it. <laughs> you, I mean, there, there is a way to finesse it. You don't have to be a raging anti-unionist like me to, to run out there and, and criticize the governor for, for selling vote, selling, selling Rhode Island for votes. I mean, that's a strong criticism you can make. And at this point, you're not getting the union vote. They're already bought. That's how it right. works. They're get, they're already going to get that postcard. They're already going to get visited by that ballot harvester. That, that deal is signed. So, so take a little bit of a risk. That's what's been really kind of shocking. And I just, the, the lack of any, any ability to take a risk uh, and, and assert some reality in, from my point of view, anyway, to, to, to criticize the governor to there, there's just not, I don't know. It's, it's like they're, they just don't want to disrupt their little Democrat club. That's the, yes. that's the highest priority. They want to be able to, they all, they want to be able to virtue signal on the, on the social issues. They all want to be on board for, for abortion. They all want to support the party. They don't want to cross that line. But at that point, you know, the, the Democrats have run this state for, for decades and look where we are. There's you, you've got to find something else. And so all they have really is, is just marginal differences in, in specific policies to the extent they're even offering policies. It's really just a vote of, of personalities. And it's, it's not really, again, it's, it's not really how you would select competent people to run a state. It's kind of like how you would select a palm, a prom queen or king, right? The, the safe, the kind of, all right, yeah, I kind of like him a little more than her, whatever. Uh, he has a kind of a business aura about him, whatever. I don't know what he's actually done. Folks, yeah, she was in business. I, so it's so it's such a kind of superficial level. And I think that's why you see indifference because nobody can tell the difference and they'll probably go in and, you know, almost flip a coin. Eh, whatever, this one, they're all the same. Well, we'll um, I'm going to touch on that in a moment. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401 732-1730 732-1730 J. Perry Paving 401-732-1730 You can also find them on Facebook They're terrific Hey, get that driveway paved Call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 For J. Perry Paving Our segment is Politics This Week With me is Justin Katz Managing editor at AnchorRising.com Justin, early voting starts Wednesday Now, I have heard from union members campaigns can ballot harvest people don't realize that a lot of people don't fully understand what ballot harvesting is but it it eliminates the voting day of at least many times actually you could probably do both because a lot of times they're not up to speed so if you do get a mail ballot application drop it off ahead of time it's my understanding there's not a lot of protocols in place in order to prevent the person then voting on election day. But what I have heard is what the unions are guaranteeing McKee is that they're going to collect the ballots. So it's not a matter of, you know, the unions gave him the endorsement on election day. Hey, you're a member of the union. Make sure you go out and vote for him. They're not taking any chances. They will be collecting your vote from him, meaning they have the list. You have to hand it in. And I doubt they're going to say, oh, did you did you vote for Matt Brown? Did you vote for Luis Bonez? No, they are going to be collecting Dan McKee votes. Um, I, I, that's what I have heard. I, I don't know why it wouldn't be that way. Um, the damage that has been done to allow all this ballot harvesting, where even Dan McGowan last week said he got three different mail ballot, ballot applications from each of the three people running for mayor of Providence. So um, and, and then Dominic Ruggiero was sending out mail ballot applications. So now they've even allowed the campaigns to send them out. I think 
totally playing with fire. Uh, there's no way I believe we have the technology that can stay up on this type of thing. And I'm going to stick with what I've been saying is they have opened the, the floodgates. There's going to be incredible abuse with these mail ballots and ability to put them in the drop boxes ahead of time. So it, it'll, it's like cash in advance. You don't have to worry on whether or not the person's going to vote on election day, on primary day, September 13th. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I know in local elections, some of my allies it, you just it, complain you literally have to drive people to the poll to get them, yeah. if you, your supporters, because something will happen. Their dog got sick, the car broke down, they got distracted, they just didn't get a chance to vote. That's that kind of that dogs all campaigns. And in this case now, you just go out and there you go. I mean, one of my earliest uh, memories of, of Rhode Island elections was I was at the polling station and a few people ahead of me, there was a guy looked like a construction worker, looked, was looking over the table at the book of people who voted and turned around and said to somebody, hey, call Jim. He hasn't voted yet. That that he knows wow. how Jim is going to vote, you know, that's yeah. that but at least that used to be, you know, word of mouth. You had to actually call people and get them there. Now it's literally the same thing. And, you know, whether whether they'll throw out Matt Brown, Brown votes or whatever, I mean, these are these are union organizations. They're, they're set up to to communicate with their members. Right. So yeah. they know that. Oh, don't don't worry about Bob. He's he's a brown voter. We'll we'll call up call up Steve or, or Betty or whatever. You know, that's the. That's a lot of the way it's going to work. They're going to know who the the right voter, who the people who are going to vote with them are, and they're going to make sure they vote and hand in the ballots. And th there it is. They don't even have to get involved at this point. And who right. knows? But then a lot of them. I mean, if if you're if you're voting that lockstep, or, all right, yeah, I'll sign it. Here's my here's my ballot. Fill it out. Whatever. You know that that's the kind of thing that can start to happen. And I think you're right. Is the at this point. You cannot have confidence in Rhode Island's no, electoral. Absolutely just, not. You cannot. Not. It's just and, and we're gonna see a lot more and, and what we're and it probably won't come to a head in elections in my view. What'll come to, to a head is they're gonna they're gonna give themselves too much because they always do. They're gonna they're gonna put the state into bankruptcy because they now control the keys to the to elections. They they've long had both sides of the negotiating table and, and at say school district level, uh, and so we've seen how that's worked out for Rhode Island childrens and, and children and taxpayers. Uh, but that's what we're gonna start getting for people who are supposed to be running the state, and we'll just get bad deal after bad deal. I mean, if if you look at say even in a WPRI poll on on the soccer stadium there's not support that yet we're getting it and that's what we're going to get we're going to get that for for every every deal the unions want to the extent they can take work and get new benefits that's what they're going to do and it's we're going to it might happen pretty quickly and we'll, we'll see the results of this but so it, the problem, it's one step it's one step removed so a lot of people aren't going to identify the election problems with no. the problems the other um, i'm glad you mentioned because i was going to ask you about that now that was a democrat by the way democrat poll 60% yep. are against the soccer stadium. If they had included uh, Republicans and independent voters, I, I think it would be even higher than that. But it, it also, it just shows why McKee was in such a hurry to get that over the finish line. They were in such a, that's why I even did the, I've never, that's the fastest, let's uh, put shovels in the ground press conference. And by the way, what the media also really didn't cover is they filled the place with you know, hard hat union members in case anyone showed up to try to, you know, protest or anything. But that just shows that he is willing to do anything to try to remain in power. Governor McKee, that that even though, if you know, if 60 percent of Democrat voters are against the soccer stadium, I, I would I would guess it would be probably more like 75 percent of the state uh, are against it. And then you have to wonder. You know, why why are we have this very expensive project if close to 80 percent of the general public are against it? Because you and I both know that's exactly what happens is once they get it in motion, it becomes, quote, too big to fail. And there's nothing worse than a stalled project or you're missing deadlines. And then now that's it's a holdup. And now they say, OK, we need 30 million more. And. Uh, what I also found interesting was in the general treasurer's debate, um, I don't know if the question was asked properly, but it should have been that that the, neither candidate would say if there's a ceiling on when it becomes too much money. They were arguing that, nope, for $60 million, it's still a good deal. But no one would say, is, is it still a good deal at 
150 million is it is it a good deal at i mean it's 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 outrageous this this is not even something used year round i think they only have between 15 to 20 home games a year um but governor mckee just goes into this diatribe of we're we're not going to abandon the people of Pawtucket, which is ludicrous. Uh, but uh, I, I think, you know, there should be more put on on just how unpopular the stadium is, Justin Katz. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it very much illustrates why there's indifference. People don't want this, but they've got it. They're going to get it. And they feel like there's no there's there's just no opportunity to be heard that the the government is going to do what the government does and they're all the same and you know i it's it's very much encouraged by the news media i mean as we discussed earlier with monas i mean it's just this is the story they want to tell they, you don't get the comparable story from say i don't know paul riana on the on the independent conservative side you know the story of his background and the glowing profile of his work in healthcare you don't get anything like that because they want to make it seem like you can cannot veer from this. And that's why you get this indifference. And I, I think it, it puts us in a, a bad place because at this point, you know, a, a left-wing Democrat, which is what they all are, who is competent, sane, and recognize reality and will stand up to special interests, this person, you know, seems like he or she does not exist. The media will not let you believe in this. I mean, it's, it's they're pressing forward with this group of people as if there's no alternative. And I, I think the idea that we're going to get somebody like that in that mix of left-wing uh, politics in Rhode Island, it's, it's almost a logical impossibility because that person would not be, be getting getting any traction. And it, but, it's, but the mystery of it is, as this poll shows, they could be. They, they, they could be. The people of Rhode Island would support somebody who opposes this sort of deal yes. who stands up to the special interests. The, the voters are there. They just, our system is not made for them. Our demo, quote, democracy is not able to capture their interests and represent them. And it's, it's really, it's really a fundamental problem that we have going on in Rhode Island right now, that that's, that that's the case that it can't even get any play. It's just, it's once, once you're kind of taken over by a, a this certain, this ideology, this progressive ideology where nobody's allowed to disagree, uh, then you, you just stop having democracy because nobody, anybody who would talk against it isn't going to take the risk of hurting their reputation and, and being attacked as fascist because they don't want to spend tens of millions of dollars on a soccer stadium or something like that. And you saw it as you as you alluded in McKee's rhetoric with, oh, we don't want to let down the people of Pawtucket. And as I pointed out last week, it was, oh, we they've been left behind. No, they just aren't keeping up. There's nothing. Yeah. Nobody's going after Pawtucket as if as if it's some racist thing against the people of Pawtucket. We, it's just a complete wrong way of thinking of it. And our system has no way to fix it, particularly now with the, the mail ballots. It's all just, it's all, you know, years and years ago, what was the line? Rhode Island is a state for sale and cheap. We're, we've gotten even cheaper. We're, we're practically free right now. You can come right in and, and buy your way to the top and, and get millions of dollars of taxpayer money. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Well, we'll, we'll see if Ashley Kalis makes it uh, an issue once she knows who she's running against. The late yeah, primary true. kind of stalls the campaign. And finally, Justin Katz, you know, uh, a, a gaffe in politics is when someone someone accidentally tells the truth. And, and Senator Sheldon Whitehouse actually made news. He was doing the Boston Globe does this podcast series. He was asked about Biden in 2024 and said, ah, I'm not sure I'm ready to endorse him for that. And not only has it made news, but... There's certain people, Democrats, that are attacking him for speaking the obvious, which is, you know, let's wait and see how this year plays out. Um, he easily could have just said absolutely. Uh, I think that's and apparently someone was comparing. Well, Senator Reid just said, of course, you know, absolutely. and didn't hesitation. But what, do, what is your thought on Senator Sheldon Whitehouse saying, ah, I'm not there yet. Let's let's wait and see once we get closer. I think he actually literally said, I'm going to dodge the question. Which, yes. You know, that I don't want to answer that Good question. Point. And, yeah. But what that really shows is that there's, it's not just, you know, he, he knows he can just say, yeah, absolutely. With no consequence, nobody's going to remember it in a year and a half or, you know, when the, the presidential campaign ramps up, that just shows that there's, there's actually growing opposition and unpopularity of Biden in his party, which polls bear out. And he's just, he, nobody, nobody thinks he's competent. Uh, nobody thinks he ought to run again. And so 
to to say absolutely is to show yourself to be really just a political hack, right? And so White House couldn't even go that far. Uh, the the real question I wonder is what's going on behind the scenes? Who are they yes. elevating, trying to put in that position uh, to be the heir apparent? And that's that's a that person you, his his response shows that there's some incentive to stay in good graces with the people who are who are putting together the kingmakers, and well, you, you have to worry when he, that's the case. He may know of someone who's running who may have said to him, by the way, that if I'm president, I'll get you on the Supreme Court. Yeah, oh so boy. <laughs> it's always been his ultimate goal. Uh, so therefore, if he is having discussions with someone behind the scenes, Gina Raimondo, who says, listen, if I become president, uh, I'll get you on the Supreme Court. Therefore, you would say, I'm going to dodge the question and yeah. not want to answer because you've already kind of laid something out for 2024. But I yeah. think it is interesting. Folks, again, he is the uh, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, uh, great job as always. Politics this week, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. My pleasure. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2, but visit the website dipetro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube or Twitter, it's all right there at the website dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com. The Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Remain healthy, stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie. 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.